Hey, Rob, what do you think of our funky new football in Berkshire branding? They're great, Tom. Who's made them? They've been created by friend of FIB, Ellis Woods, who runs his own creative agency, Flair Media. He's heavily involved in grassroots football and kindly sponsors this very podcast. That's great. What else do they do? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rob. Ellis offers affordable digital marketing, digital and print branding like logos, banners, flyers and business cards, as well as website content creation and management. Go and have a look at flaremedia.online and tell Ellis we sent you. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and him, Rob Davis. Hello, Rob. Hello, mate. How are you going? I'm very well. I'm very well. Um, this is our pub, but not in a pub chat podcast we're doing daily to try and keep ourselves and all of you busy during the lockdown. Um, I just wanted to thank everybody for the, the kind words and the kind responses to our podcast so far. This is number 15. Uh, and today, uh, number episode 15 today, uh, we have a very special guest uh, in the shape of Maidenhead United women's player, Sarah Thompson. Hello, Sarah. Hi there. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? It's not so bad, not so bad at all. It's uh, it's obviously a strange situation to be in, but we are here. So, um, so Maidenhead United women who play in the FA Women National FA Women's National League, which I believe is the step just below the Women's Super League. Is that right? Um, no. So we're the fourth division. Right. Um. So there's the Women's Super League, the Championship the um, FA National Premiership, and then we play in the Southwest Division One. Okay. Uh, quite a mouthful, but... <laughs> <laughs> they, they all are. Every single uh, women's league, when you have to type it out when you're doing the fixtures, every single one has got an incredibly long name. Because <laughs> obviously they have to differentiate themselves as, as women's football league and all that sort of stuff as well. But yeah, they're really, really long, long, <laughs> long league names. Um, so... Uh, Talk to talk me through. So Maidenhead United. How long have you been playing for Maidenhead United? So this is my first year for Maidenhead. Last year I played for Woodley United, okay. um, who are in the league below. Yes. Um, so this year, yeah, it's been a challenge stepping up, um, but yeah, one that I've really enjoyed. And my first season with Maidenhead um, has been a thoroughly enjoyable one. <laughs> and yeah, joining a new team and getting to know a whole new group of players has been a really um great period for me uh so, so playing for woodley united uh, woodley united is i think the team we cover uh cover fairly regularly and uh regularly win awards at our end of season award ceremony they 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 and they've had a good few years we, so were you part of that team that came up uh from division one in the southern region women's league into the premier division um, no, so I'd only played for Woodley United for a year um, okay. because before that I'd been at university up in Edinburgh. And how? So how did you? How did you end up moving to Maidenhead? Were there, were people watching, or or did you just go along? Um, I think I knew that I wanted to try something different to challenge myself, and looked at the teams in the league above. And although Maidenhead isn't necessarily as local as i'd like um it is the closest team to me and so uh, neil rascal who uh put you on to us who was on our first podcast he tells me that you are a bloody good right back <laughs> what would you say i'm to not that? sure about that um <laughs> interestingly i don't know if neil knows this but i'm actually a center back at oh. heart so um 
but we have two very strong centre backs in um, Sophie and Gemma, who yeah, are really good uh, winners of the ball. So naturally, I got pushed out to right back, but I'm actually really enjoying it there. It gives me a great opportunity to get forward and push on a bit more. Um, so yeah, really embrace that challenge this season. Uh, when dialing back, you say Maidenhead's not quite as close to home as you like. Where is home, and where did your football journey begin? How did you get into the sport uh, to begin with? So I would class home for me at the minute at um, a small village called Bradfield, um, which is ah. quite, quite near Reading. Um, but I grew up also very locally in Thiel um, and began playing football when I was about eight or nine, um, just for a local boys team. Um, yeah, I used to enjoy kind of playing after school um, and it was, yeah, I've got really fond memories of um, playing football. I wasn't afraid of getting stuck in when I was younger. And I think you do have to be um, probably a certain type of girl to get stuck in with the boys and not be afraid mm. of kind of, um, yeah, just getting stuck in. And then um, I joined a girls team when I was 11 or 12 and then was um, really fortunate enough to play for Reading Academy from... Um, kind of the age of 13 14 up until um 16 17 so that was that was a really great time for me and um where I kind of received some of the best coaching um at the center of excellence brilliant uh we spoke to uh, Ellen Hopkins who's the Bucks and Bucks FA she's the uh, women and girls uh, coordinator there and she 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 plays in goal uh, and I think she plays for I think it was Tower Hill ladies over in Oxfordshire and she was saying to us when she was uh, when she was younger it was kind of if you wanted to play football she said to us it was either ref the game or go in goal and uh, she <laughs> she rather smartly chose to go in goal but was that was that something that was that what sort of barriers did you face I, I don't want to make this kind of a it's not like a, a, a how tough it was to to get into the game or anything like that but it's just you know were, were there were there sort of issues that you faced getting into the game at all yeah, most definitely. I mean, one of the most common stereotypes is that girls can't play football. And I think um, girls now don't realise just um, how privileged they are that they have the freedom to play without kind of those stereotypes, without the kind of generalisations that I had as a kid. And even though I'm only 24, but the um, big difference in the women's game, even in the last 10 years, is so, so huge. And funnily enough, you said about Ellen saying playing in goal, one of my first memories of playing football is with the boys at, um, at lunchtime at school. Yeah. And I went in goal. Um, but I'll never forget because the, my teacher at the time said, if there's any more injuries in football, you're not allowed to play. There's been too many arguments, too many disagreements. Um, I'm not I'm not allowing football anymore. So anyway, that lunchtime, I went in goal and I broke my wrist. But because the teacher had said if there was any more injuries, um, you, you won't be able to play anymore, I just didn't tell anyone. <laughs> I, I remember being in agony. And that afternoon, the, we were year six at the time, we were in charge of carrying all of these benches <laughs> across the side of the school. <laughs> And I remember my teacher saying to me, come on, Sarah, why aren't you carrying the benches properly? And it was because we went to hospital afterwards and it was because I'd broken my wrist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a fun memory that I've got of playing football. <laughs> it, it definitely wasn't easy um, 
when you're constantly being told that um, girls aren't as good as boys, that you won't ever be able to play at a very good level. And I think the way that football's progressed now, I think it's just gone to show um, how professional the women's game is now. Um, because, you know, previously they said that women would never earn enough money to be professional footballers, that they wouldn't have the same kind of skill, the same kind of technical ability. And I think you've only got to go and watch a uh, um, game in the Super League to see that that is 100% not true anymore. Um, so, yeah, I'm just proud that I can um, be a part of playing in the women's game at whatever level that is. Uh, carrying on from that, um, do you um, now see it? Um, you say the game's expanded quite a, um, a lot recently, and it's certainly, obviously, the profile of it is, has taken off for the last um, five years in particular in this country. Do you see it as a viable um, option as, as a profession now? I mean, do you think that, like a few years down the line, you could be making a living out of uh, playing women's football, or is it you always in the back of your mind thinking you're going to have to dovetail it with a, another job? I think at the top level, there's definitely the opportunity to... Sure. Um, play football full-time and although I hate to kind of talk about the um, salaries and earnings of women um, because there's such a big difference and um, when you compare it to the men's game but you can now earn a reasonable living um, playing in the in the top division whereas previously I know that for example when I was at Reading the women in the first team would have to work alongside there would have to be another part-time job a lot of them would work in local supermarkets and it was a case of battling the um commitments of training and working so i think it's a lot easier now but i think there's still a long way to go um to reach the same kind of level as the men and just sort of on the back of that you sort of you say you say you say going to watch uh, some some of the women's games is there one you go is there a team you go and watch locally i mean we i can't remember who we were, who we were talking to the other day but obviously the games tend to be on at the same time as, yeah. as the games you're playing but do if you get to if you are able to go and watch one of the one of the super league games or even even lower than that where do you, where do you go where would you go so I go and watch Reading. Um, I used to be a season ticket holder um, when the men were in the Premiership uh, quite a long time ago now. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, would love to go and watch Reading more. I think, was it in your podcast with Ellen when you talked about the women playing at Wickham? Uh, yes, I think it was. I think it was, was with Ellen. And we also spoke to Craig McCreeth about it as well because he's the... He's he's the goalkeeper coach there, and he he sort of alluded he wasn't sure if it well what he could say about playing at Reading. So we we kind of right. watch watch this space there. Uh, I'm, I'd be quite excited if it did if it did come back because yeah. it'd mean I'd be able I'd be, certainly be able to go. It's not far from my house, so I'd be able to go. I'm much more interested in watching watching the women's Reading team than I would be the men's team, which is I'm, I I just found it more when I've been it's more friendly. I've just I've liked yeah. it. It's 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 just it's like. And I don't mean this detrimentally because the non-league game is is a huge passion of mine and of Rob's, but it's it's more like a non-league game, yeah. And, and I I love I love that. And that, as I say, that that post to someone who was listening to this uh, would maybe maybe take that sort of slightly detrimental. It's not meant like that at all. The non-league game for me is the best form of the game, and the fact mm. that the, the <laughs> Reading women's game is uh, is more like a non-league crowd, should we say? Um, that that really appeals to me, so I would certainly be more likely to go. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. I find it a really enjoyable and relaxing experience. Um, I work as a PE teacher here at Bradfield College, and um, one of the trips that I um, put on this year was to take our um, girls' football team to go and watch um, Reading play over at Adams Park. And the it was such a great experience for the girls because for a lot of them, they had no idea that women could even play football at that high level, let alone in such a local place. Yeah. But, I mean, the difference that um, playing somewhere more locally could make, I think, would be massive. Um, you know, Wickham's not a whole world away, but it's still, you know, a 30, 40 minute journey from the centre of Reading. And I, the number of um, young girls and um, women like me that would go and watch Reading more um, regularly, yeah. if it was more local, I think would, yeah, would be a lot higher. Yeah, I could certainly agree with that. Um, so once you, uh, you went up to university, uh, did you say where it was you were at? Edinburgh. Oh, Edinburgh, wow. okay. Um, do you do much, uh, um, I presume you uh, pursued your sport and passion while you were up there as well? Sorry, say that again. I presume you um, pursued your sporting, uh, your footballing passion up there as well, did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, four of the best years of my life. Um, the <laughs> women's football club up at Edinburgh, yeah, are fantastic. So, we um, had three teams when I joined um, and then in my final year at university um, I had the amazing privilege of being the president of the women's football club um, and that was where my passion for growing the women's game really started. Um, we also had two women's futsal teams as well that competed in the Bucks League in Scotland um, and that's where my passion for futsal as well as football um, was kind of yeah realised. We were we were just going to come on to that, Sarah. Um, Rob, sorry, did you have a did you have something you wanted to just? I, I think you were going to ask the question <laughs> I was about to ask. So yeah, go for gold. Um, Sarah, Rob, Rob and I are living in the dark ages. Can you explain uh, futsal, <laughs> futsal, futsal to us? Um, futsal, yeah. We 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 don't know what what futsal is. So would you mind explaining to us? We we like eleven yeah. aside. We like eleven aside or five aside. Uh, so that that's 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 our that's our level and it's a low level at that. But if you if you could explain to us what futsal is, that would be brilliant. I certainly can. I think a really common uh, misconception is that futsal is an identical sport to five aside football, and there's actually quite a number of differences. Um, first of all, futsal is always played indoors, so you've got that different surface of yeah. a sport ball. Um, it has a slightly heavier ball, so that um, changes the way that the game's played slightly. It's an incredibly fast-paced sport. Um, if you watch um, the Reading Royals men's team play here at Bradford College, and I've been down to watch um, a couple of their games, and it's a really, really exciting game. I actually think, I never thought I'd say this, but I think futsal may have overtaken um, football as my uh, favourite sport now. Um, wow. And I think there's another um, misconception that futsal is somehow detrimental to football players. And actually, if you look at um, the young people who are getting involved in futsal at a young age, if you actually look at their technical ability and their skill on the ball, 
it's a lot greater because you have so many touches on the ball. It's five asides. There's only five players on the court at a time. Um, and getting that many touches um, just, yeah, improves your technical area so much. So. Oh, well, I was just going to say that I know uh, um, Max Gilman, who used to play for uh, um, Maidenhead, is now signed for um, now signed for Wolverhampton and made his debut for Wolves Wanderers. He was a foot, futsal international for um, England, so I think he got signed based on, well, uh, uh, partly based on his uh, performance there. Um, so how how did you um, or how did you get involved in that in this area? Um, so after such a great experience of playing futsal up in Edinburgh, um, I returned back home um, with a job waiting for me and was really hoping that there would be a local futsal team that I could get involved with alongside football. I've always wanted to continue playing football, but um, I was actually quite disappointed to see that um, there weren't any local futsal teams. There's a few in London, um, which... I did consider <laughs> looking at but kind of how far are you willing to go? Yeah. Um, so I kind of thought, well, if there isn't a team available, then I'm going to make one myself. Um, so I got in contact with Reading Royals, who, as I mentioned previously, have a really successful um, men's futsal team and also a, a great youth pathway as well. And um, spoke to the chairman there about, arranging a women's futsal team and this was something that they'd already tried to do but unfortunately they couldn't get the interest um, of women in the local area I think a really big hurdle for um, getting women involved in futsal is that those women that are interested in football will go and play for a football team and then quite often they see futsal as another commitment another responsibility and actually I think futsal's a really great way to get involved in the 11 aside game because it builds on the foundations, it builds on the basic technical areas that you can then progress on to go and play 11 aside if you if you wish. Um, so yeah, we started Reading Royals women's futsal team uh, last summer, and um, after that we entered in a Hampshire women's futsal league. So we've been playing over at um, Farnborough College uh, one Friday every month. And um, being a part of that and seeing how successful that was, um, we've actually decided to start a Berkshire Women's Futsal League as well, which was meant to be starting um, this week, oh. actually. All right. Uh, <laughs> All obviously, right. unforeseen circumstances have taken their toll. <laughs> Um, I know you, you sort of saying about that. That uh, I know one of the um, one of the Thames Valley te Thames Valley League teams over in uh, Bracknell. Uh, one of their training sessions in the week is uh, is futsal. Um, mm. They they do that rather than uh, rather than sort of um, what you'd call I suppose you call regular football. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of them a lot of them really enjoy that as well. So they it's it is something that that we're hearing a lot about it a, a lot about um it's rob and i haven't yet gone and uh, <laughs> gone and investigated mm. um the the league that you you're sort of starting how many teams is in that um so if i'm honest we're in the early stages of developing so initially i think there's going to be four teams in the okay. league so that we play every other um friday and yeah. then hopefully moving on next time we can have a few more teams enter 
a couple of the um, teams who have kind of expressed an interest are predominantly football teams yeah. who just want to enter a futsal team um, into this league. But yeah, as it stands, um, four teams, hopefully. Would that be open to anyone? Can anyone um, uh, join and can anyone go and watch um, these games on one Friday night? Yeah, most definitely. We're always open to um, spectators. We've got a brilliant Reading Royals family um, hmm. already who come in a part of the, I'd say a part of the team as much as the players. Um, and I think it's a really great sport Yeah, to spectate. As I said before, it's really exciting. And because you're um, literally on the side of the court, you feel really immersed by it all and you feel a part of um, the futsal game. So yeah, we play on Friday nights at the Wren School. Um, so hopefully, once this is all blown over, um, we'll be back there, hopefully soon. That, um, it's pretty the, central. Indeed, that is, it's literally uh, up the road from me. Um, so yeah. I may I'll, I'll pop along and uh, pop along and, and, and have a watch. It, I, I could walk there. It's, uh, mm-hmm. um, also, uh, uh, the Wren School, I believe, just completely off topic, is uh, the site where uh, Michael Bond, the creator of Paddington, went to school. <laughs> thought you might like to know that anyway so let's um so thank you for thank you for explaining futsal to us um it is something that w- i think is is growing it's certainly something you hear about a lot more and i i must admit i thought it i i never got i was never interested in it because i thought it was going to be too technical um as in mm-hmm. skillful and i'm just not i'm more of a give me the ball and i'll pass it and i so i, I guess but i you know I was I was wrong. Um, it it feels like something that would have improved my uh, my ability. So yeah, definitely. And on that, I just want to um, kind of be honest here. I am most definitely not a skillful player. You can ask anyone at Maidenhead or Reading Royals. <laughs> yeah. I um, would not class myself as one of these kind of fast-footed um, players with all of the skills. Um, but futsal improves my ability. Um, my touch, your accuracy, your shooting, your kind of positional awareness, the fast pace. It's a really, really great tool for fitness as well. Um, those short, sharp bursts are really important. Um, let's let's take it right back to right back to Maidenhead then, because you've had. Uh, if, I, if I just speak it from speaking to Neil, it was a bit of a bit of an indifferent season. Was that fair to say? I'd say yeah, indifferent. Um, Good weeks, we'll be putting weeks. it well results-wise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if you look at the um, table, we obviously haven't had the most successful um, season. We're currently sitting on six points, and I think we're ninth in the table. Um, I think we were a really crucial point of the season when um, all of this virus took over, um, and we kind of started turning things around. We had some really great performances um, most recently and the team were really starting to come together. Um, And I think everyone will be um, gutted that the season has kind of finished the way that it is, whether you're a team at the top of the league or the bottom, everyone wants to be playing football and we want it to be a um, a just end to the season as well. But we, yeah, were starting to get a little bit desperate for points, I think. 
Uh, I was uh, I, before talking to you. I read a few of the uh, match reports for the uh, Maiden Headlanders. Your name came up quite a lot, so I was quite surprised to hear that you were right back. Have you been playing further up the field at all? Because uh, yeah, there seemed to be a lot of talk of you uh, bombing forward and uh, getting a few <laughs> shots on goal. Um, yeah, I'd say we play um, with a formation that suits our full-backs bombing on. Um, yeah, I'll try and help out our right winger as much as possible. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think about a specific example. I mean, in the in our most recent game against, or no, the last time we played Woodley, sorry, um, I did manage to get on the um, score sheet then, but that was um, a rather lucky cross. <laughs> um, yeah. I was going to ask you about that one actually. I read <laughs> I read that match report. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, was that uh, uh, a lucky cross or was it a, a, a deliberate attempt to bring the keeper off his line or her line? Sorry. I mean, on the day, I told everyone that it was a um, a shot, um, but. Yeah, looking back at it now, I can't deny that that was definitely a cross. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Sarah, Neil mentioned to me about uh, wait. Oh, in fact, we we were on a, a chat with Neil uh, earlier. He mentioned about an own goal as well. Something about a. Yeah, that's not one that I really like to dwell on. <laughs> although it is interesting that my teammates um, have got to the point now. I think it must have been three or four months ago that I scored that own goal. But we got to the point now where they can finally. Um, start to make a joke out of it, and I don't look <laughs> as if I'm going to tear somebody's head off. <laughs> was it so, so crucial? Was it uh, FA Cup game? Yeah. Oh dear. Right. <laughs> Moving on swiftly. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to just ask you about because uh, obviously you play at York Road, so you you play yeah. on 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 the big pitch. Um, it's it's extraordinarily large. As for, whenever I go to York Road, I think this is a big pitch. I would not yeah. want to play on this pitch. Um, but obviously that, that comes with all of the great the, the stands and everything around it. Um, and that's a bit different to playing down at Bullmarsh Pavilions with with Woodley, which is which is no <laughs> no slight on Woodley whatsoever. But it's a it's a it's a bit of a different world. How how did you? What was your first sort of thoughts when you kind of walked out there? Um, and, and kind of there's there's sort of there's a ground there and it's it's a different world really yeah a uh, um really big shock for me that when i learned that um our home ground was york road and it's such a um great privilege to play there and i think it's a really great stand a really great um yeah place to play at and um particularly for me my granddad used to go and watch maidenhead years and years oh, ago wow. so when i was able cool. to say to him um, I was playing at York Road. Yeah, that was that was a special moment. I think, yeah, Woodley's home pitch is um, slightly different size yeah. and a bit more of an incline. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, equally, some of the grounds that we play um, against when I played for Woodley, they had some really nice grounds as well. So, yeah, it wasn't um, a whole new kind of venture. How did you uh, uh, get into um, playing for Woodley? And then how, how did you make the journey from there to Maidenhead? Um... Uh, so I knew of the Woodley United coach, a guy called Mark, because he coached me when I was um, under 14s, under 15s. And so uh... on returning from Edinburgh, I kind of reached out to the um, only local team that I knew, a coach that I knew, um, and so 
yeah, got involved in playing with them. And then um, that was the move to Maidenhead when I wanted to, yeah, step it up a level um, and play in the league above. Nice. Who um, who out of that Maidenhead? We'll get you to uh, to sort of embarrass some people. But who out of that um, who out of that Maidenhead United team? Um, who are the who are kind of the players you look up to a little bit? Um, the ones maybe you you sort of uh, the, the ones that you or you, or you know the the ones you're closest to in that team. Um, gosh, I feel like that's two very different questions. Well, who yeah, do I look like, up to and who am I closest to? I was I was I was looking I was looking the way your face went and it's sort of ooh, I don't know if actually I want to ask ask that question. No, I'm more than happy to answer it. I think um, a lot can be said about a football team from the first session um, that you arrive at and the welcome that you get. Now, I've been to women's football clubs, um, training sessions where you've essentially felt ignored, um, kind of unwelcome. And yeah, you kind of think, why do I bother? But I knew from my first session with Maidenhead that that would definitely not be the case. Um, Amy Saunders is our um, club captain and she also um, has a role for Maidenhead in the community. Yes, Um, And she is just one of the most friendly and welcoming people that... um, that I've ever met. So from the first session, she was just really friendly, was genuinely interested in finding out more about me as a person um, rather than just, you know, a potential stranger. Um, But equally, all of the rest of the girls have been so welcoming. And it doesn't feel like I've just played for Maidenhead for, well, not even one season. It feels like I've known them um, a great deal longer. There there were three other girls, Vicky, Steph and Megan, who were um, new at the beginning of this season, they used to play for Barton. Um, and so we were all kind of in the same boat. And so I naturally um, have kind of glued to them. And I must say, one of the hardest things about being in the lockdown is missing the journeys from Reading to Maidenhead <laughs> um, three times a week to um, to go over there and play. Because there's always some sort of drama or commotion when Steph Nelson's around I must say <laughs> that's a it's an interesting so just just from that I'm, I'm taking you you train twice a week yeah that's right that's that's um that's that's sort of I guess that's where kind of the step up is and that sort of step up in commitment is as well because that, that's I, th- I think um certainly when I was involved in a with a women's team it was uh we we trained once a week and you played on Sundays but yeah like mm-hmm. I guess that's where the where the kind of step up step up is um, Rob, I wanted to just nick a question that you asked the other day um, about uh, a player in training that kind of turns it on for matches, but then it's just you'd never know they were even a they, they'd sort of barely any effort in the training session themselves. But on a, on a Sunday afternoon, just flick a switch and they are they are the greatest thing. Is it a player like that in uh, at Woodley? Uh, sorry, at Maidenhead. Um. So doesn't try very hard at training and then yeah. impresses everyone on a yeah. match day. Oh. There's only one name that can um, that comes to my mind when I think of that. There's a um, young girl called Kate who plays for us. She's on loan from Oxford United. Right. I don't know if you saw the interview um, that Neil did with her most recently. Yes. It's, oh, is she the she plays for Wales or has played for Wales? At yeah, yeah. When, yeah. Um, so she, I think, most definitely kind of takes it easy on the training ground and then, um, yeah, on a Sunday <laughs> runs about the centre of midfield. <laughs> 
Uh, do you have any aspirations um, to play higher up in the uh, women's game, you know, pushing towards the uh, semi-professional and professional levels? And how far do you think you can um, do? Uh, how far do you think you can go with Maidenhead? Um, I think anyone playing in football always dreams of being a professional mm. footballer, whether you're a boy or a girl. Um, the minute that you start kicking a ball and you see them do it on the television um, and playing for the um, love of the game. But I think there's also um, kind of the realist, the realist in me um, that says that perhaps that ship might have sailed. <laughs> um, I think I will always put um, 110% into everything that I do. And I think one thing that football has taught me is that um, getting good at something takes an awful lot of time. It takes an awful lot of sacrifice. Um, and playing a team sport has just taught me so many things about um, leadership, about um, working with other people and about growing um, as my own individual. And so I think that's what football um, really helps me to do. Um, I'm really enjoying where I'm playing now. And I think um, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I think Maidenhead's probably the top level that, I'll, um, that I'm kind of able to play at, at the minute. Um, but who knows what the future has to hold. Um, I'm just yeah, always willing to work hard and look to improve myself as a player, both on and off the pitch. So we'll just, uh, we'll just wrap things up, unless Rob, you had, a, had something else you wanted to ask? Oh, um, I did have a couple of quick five Go for it. Yeah, go for one. it. Go for, you, it. No, um, go for it. If you had to be stuck in isolation with one player from the current Maidenhead squad um, over this period, who would that be and why? Big balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think which one of them would drive me the least nuts. Um, yeah. It's a fair concern. I'm going to go with Megan because she's the best at keepy uppies. So hopefully she can help me improve in my keepy uppy skills. Yeah. Rob, do you, do you can have one more, Rob. Oh, I think I'm done. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, Sarah, thank you very much for coming on and speaking to us. Um, we do have one question that we ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Um, to help everybody, all of us stuck in isolation, is there a pod? Uh, sorry, not a podcast, a box set or a uh, TV show that you're watching that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? I've given this some thought, um, <laughs> and I—it's a tough one. So I'm a die-hard Gavin and Stacey fan. Okay. So if you, cool. if you haven't binged on all of that, then you're doing it wrong. So most definitely watch that. Secondly. <laughs> Neil will hate me for this, but Friends is the best <laughs> television series in the world. Um, no doubt about that. But the one that I'm really into at the minute, it's called The Nest, and it's all about um, a surrogate mother. It's a really good drama uh, on BBC. Okay. Um, I assume that's on iPlayer. Yeah. I, I, w I would guess. Um, Friends, I think, is on. It's all on, all on Netflix, and I think Gavin and Stacey yeah. is on Netflix as well. Yeah, I think so you're right. All, all of them. Oh, the one thing I will say about Friends is there's a lot of episodes. So, you know, there's that. There is, but we could be on lockdown for a long time. <laughs> Quite some time. So, yes, you, yeah. may, you may well need them. Um, Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. 
Thank you very much for having me. Uh, this is the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and Rob Davis. Um, it's our pub, but not in a pub chat. We're doing daily to keep ourselves and all of you amused during the lockdown. Um, we've been speaking to Sarah Thompson from Maiden Edge United Women, and um, it's been great, I must admit. Uh, I've learned about futsal, which is which is really useful, because uh, as we mentioned in the, uh, in the show, it's not something that I was particularly familiar with. Um, in the meantime, we've got 14 other podcasts and an entire series one you can go and listen to if you like. Uh, you can find them on any podcast app by searching Berkshire Football Stories. And you can find us on the internet at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. If you have a chance at the end of this podcast, please go and give us a rating and maybe a little review if you can. Um, all that's left to say is goodbye from me, Tom. Rob? Goodbye from me. And goodbye from Sarah. Bye. Bye.